Well, well, well. Well, hello, everybody. This is Greg from the podcast. And before we start this week's episode, I wanted to do a quick breakdown of an insane announcement that just happened here on September 3rd, 2020. That's right. The Super Mario Brothers Direct for his 35th anniversary. The thing we've been waiting for all year since the uh, rumors started picking up in March by uh, VGC um, and a bunch of other different outlets. Andy Robinson, I believe, first to the scoop. We talked about it on this podcast a million times. And guess what? They did it. They dropped it. Uh, it, it was a little later than I think Nintendo anticipated, a lot later than we as the fan base anticipated. But here we go. Uh, the Super Mario Brothers 35-minute anniversary direct was dropped. A 16-minute presentation, more like 10 or 11. They kind of ended on a little bit of a whimper when I think people saw the last announcement and there was still six minutes left. They're like, oh, no, we're getting Odyssey 2 or whatever. They kind of ended on a Mario sizzle reel that that uh, was a little bit underwhelming. But before we get into the normal episode this week, I just wanted to do an emergency kind of tack on to the beginning of the pod before we jump into to everything else. And uh, you know what? I could not be happier that this is happening. I could not be more excited for the Mario remasters, my friends. Oh, my gosh. Here we go. Into the Direct, they started off with a Game & Watch full-color screen presentation of Super Mario Bros. Uh, it's going to be available November 13th on a limited production run. And I truly think that means very, 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 very limited. This is going to be harder to get, in my opinion, than the uh, NES Mini. Like, this thing's going to be insane to find. And that's okay, uh, you just in this world, I don't want to line up during a pandemic with a billion other people trying to get my hands on a game and watch. Um, I'm going to have to, <laughs> but it's beautiful. It's the Famicom colors. It's gold with the red outline. It comes in a really beautiful box that looks like it's uh, SMB one on the cover. It's going to have Super Mario Brothers in there. It's going to have 35 again for the anniversary little hints or you know, little hidden nuggets inside for you to find. It's even going to have Super Mario Brothers 2, the Lost Levels, well, the Famicom version, uh, SMB2J, available for you to play in full color. Like I said earlier, that's pretty insane that this thing's going to be dropped in full color. Really, really excited for that. It was a nice way to start the presentation. They're starting off in the old school kind of essence, if you will, kind of where gaming started with Nintendo in the handheld space and the game and watch space. So it was appropriate. Moving over to uh, the Super Mario 3D World for Switch, something we knew was coming, we figured was coming uh, for a long time. We knew it was going to eventually get announced, and guess what? It was nice to be a part of this Direct, and nice to go second. Get it out of the way, save the big stuff for last. However, what normally happens with Nintendo when they do these Directs, or these deluxe versions of games, which this didn't didn't have the name deluxe in it. They usually add characters or, you know, uh, difficulty, you know, with Toadette and, and things like that or Peachette. Um, you know, Super Mario Bros. U added Luigi U for the Wii U uh, when it came out. Just a little nugget. And we didn't see any of that in this trailer. It was kind of just a straight. Now, it looked really good, but it was kind of just a straight trailer 
for a Switch version, slightly upgraded to the Switch's hardware for Super Mario 3D World, the last great you know, first-party Wii U title that hasn't been brought to Switch yet, so I'm very, very excited that that's real. I think we all knew it was coming. But then at the end, a plus sign came up, and, and at first I thought they were just going to call it plus, and that was super weird. But what about a collab? And they kind of zoom in on the plus sign, it gets dark, and I'm waiting for, you know, whatever to come, you know, to be a collab or an extra character, but it doesn't look like we're getting any of that. It looks like we're getting either a game mode or, in my opinion, probably a new world. Um, I don't think it'll be a whole second game, probably just a a big world to kind of end it off, but it's going to be Bowser's Fury, a very ominous, dark, rainy trailer with a dilapidated 3D world style with the cat bells with moss and cracked and they're overhanging. And like I said, just dark, dreary and cat Mario sitting at the base of the statue. And all we know right now is it's going to be called Bowser's Fury. It comes out to 12, 21. So February 12th, 2021, we're going to be able to play, get our hands on super Mario 3D world plus Bowser's Fury. If you haven't played that game in, Believe me, not a lot of people have. There were only 14 million Wii U sold. Super Mario 3D World is a gem. It's an absolute gem that you deserve to play. It's my favorite Wii U game. Um, maybe besides Mario Maker, the original, but regardless, it's coming to Switch 2-12-21 in a style that I'm really happy with. Um, it's a it's just a straight port, but to add something like Bowser's Fury, we don't know much else. They said we'll find out more later. Okay. Willing to wait, very, very, very excited on what that will be. But my guess is going to be an additional like world or island or land, whatever. Not a full new game. I would imagine maybe an extra hour, maybe two of content. That would be enough for me. It will be a $60 release. No word on the price of the Game & Watch at this time. But uh, like I said, this just happened. So uh, this is about as fresh as it's going to get. Uh, then they went into arguably my favorite announcement of the entire presentation because it was a giant surprise. Never saw it coming. Super Mario 35. And if you need to understand what this is, think about it like this. Tetris 99, but with Super Mario Bros. 1 on the NES. A Mario Battle Royale game where 35 players at a time compete to get through Super Mario Brothers, but... I can then take enemies and throw them on other people's screens, depending on how well I do, and I can choose my strategy. I can go into speedrun. I can go into attack mode. I can go into defense mode. And you have to outlast the competition. And I'd like to think I'm going to do really well in this, but who knows? Um, given my uh, my history with Mario speedrunning and um, kind of knowing where every little thing is, that could actually be a detriment for me because I'm so used to knowing where every enemy is and to exactly when to jump and exactly where to go that when things are thrown at me out of you know nowhere willy-nilly, it, it might might trip me up a little bit. But I have a feeling that I uh, will be not only playing the living crap out of this one, but we'll finish first a couple times. That one's going to be available October 1st. Definitely recommend checking out this trailer. It was probably my most hype moment of the entire presentation it looks amazing. It's going to be exclusive to the Nintendo Switch Online community. Only $20 a year, so jump in. Would really love it if it wasn't a timed thing, though. Uh, this is going to be playable until March 31st, 2021, when the official anniversary is over. I'm assuming they're going to switch over into Zelda's 35th anniversary at that time. But 
that's weird. I really don't think that they're just going to take this away after just five months, six months, whatever, and just say, okay, it's never going to happen again. This could be, you know, around the new Nintendo Switch that's going to be coming out, you know, the Pro. Maybe they're going to redo the eShop and kind of redo the online model. So it'll be back in a different form. I, I really don't know at this time. We'll find out more later. Um, we're actually going to find out about another timed exclusive a little bit later that may be a disappointment to a lot of folks that I think there's just a little bit more um, that we need to find out still why this is only until March 31st and then they would just take it away. That's very confusing. And and as hype as I got for the game, that part of it was really disappointing. Like I can see me playing this game, you know, forever i guess this is a this is a game that has unlimited replayability to me playing online against other people in a what i thought to be single player only game in a battle royale style uh, you know tetris 99 is just so good it it kind of fits perfectly a little disappointing though that it will be only until march 31st i again i think though it'll be back and i think that the numbers alone are going to just Nintendo won't take this away when they see how many people are going to play and download this game. I understand the you're you're making it super limited, but it's a downloadable title on the eShop or on the uh, eShop for Nintendo Switch Online members. Maybe at that time it'll become paid. Um, I, that's my thinking. Is it's free now, um, and and they'll and they'll just went move to a paid model, or maybe they're going to do a new. NSO where it's going to be more than 20 bucks a year and this will be a part of that one and the $20 one will get you you know the NES and the Super NES and maybe that's that I I don't know after that we got crazily enough Mario Kart Live Home Circuit which I think was just such a genius idea it's going to be difficult to play this for a lot of people especially those with carpets and or in apartments and things like that. But if you're asking yourself, what the hell is this? It's Mario Kart AR. Like I was just talking about Lego AR when we wanted to do our top three, like Lego sets we'd want. This would have been up there. If I was thinking AR projects, Mario Kart, you buy the toy, the, the Mario and Luigi toy. It has a camera on the back of the cart. You also get lap markers, which are going to interact. It's like a labo feature with the camera and the cart toy. You set up the track anywhere and how you want. I do have a basement. It is carpeted, but the carpet's not shaggy or fluffy. It's kind of hard kind of carpet over concrete. So it could still work down here. My basement's semi-roomy, so I feel like I could have some fun with the tracks down here uh, where I'm recording right now. And I think that that's got legs. Like this thing is 100% a buy. It also looks like the game part of it itself is free. Um, Game download required is a free download on the Nintendo eShop is what it says. It's not even being designed by Nintendo. It's going to be designed by Velen Studios, which I imagine is an AR company. And like you're playing Mario Kart on your Switch, but the track that you're racing on is whatever you set up in your home. Like if that doesn't blow your mind, the thought of that, I don't know what will. There will be power-ups and there will be um, the blocks and, and track hazards and all this stuff, but you can kind of control that and make it your own. I'm so excited to learn more about this. And oh, by the way, it launches 1016, October 16th, just a month and a half away until these toys are in the store. This is again, a hundred percent, a day one buy for me, no doubt has to happen. Will be in my house. I will be playing with my daughter 
on the big. Well, I guess it's you got to play it in handheld. I'm I'm interested if you could hook it up to the dock and play it uh, as a pro controller on your TV while the things are racing around. I think that would be even cooler if it wasn't just handheld. So we'll find out more information, I'm sure, as we get closer to launch. They then went into other ways that you can. Uh, you know, celebrate the anniversary, whether it's my Nintendo missions, which I will definitely be doing uh, very, very soon. It said they're available today, September 3rd. I went in and logged into my my Nintendo. They were not there yet, but I am hoping uh, that they make it pretty soon. The Mario quiz, the Mario website, you get these points, you can redeem them for pins, which is really cool. 35th anniversary pins. I'm here for Uh, the Mario Kart tour is going to have, um, Super Nintendo Mario Kart, Donkey Kong Jr. and Mario sprites in there. They're going to be selling Super uh, Super Mario 35th Anniversary t-shirts at the store in New York. There's going to be a Ninji speed run in Mario Maker 2. There's going to be a friggin' Splatfest, a Splatoon 2 Splatfest. Do you want the mushroom or the star? And, like, I sold my Splatoon 2, unfortunately. I'm kind of regretting that now, actually. Um, but... Oh, man, what a cool Splatfest that's going to be. And that'll be in January of 2021 for that Splatfest. They're actually selling T-shirts on Nintendo Store for the Splatfest. You can get the star or the mushroom. I'm Team Star. Um, the shirt just looks cooler anyway. I'm probably Team Mushroom. I just I don't wear white T-shirts. Um, there's going to be Mario-themed products. You're going to have Black Milk is going to have exclusive clothing available September 29th. You have the Mario Pumbas that were... Uh, uh, I'm sorry, October 5th for the clothes... The Mario Pumbas that were uh, leaked yesterday on the on the second. You have the Mario Legos. You have um, a whole bunch of different stuff that's going to be available for this. And uh, you know the Pumas not really my thing. I know Sam had mentioned that they're probably the coolest thing for him. That they're going to be available tomorrow. The Pumbas. You know I I might buy a pair. Who knows? October fifth for the clothing. You have the Monopoly and the Jenga, which is available now. You have the Mario Jack Pacific doll, which is available now. The Lego sets, which are available now. Um, so go over to supermario35.com for more information on all of that. Also, Super Mario All-Stars available on Nintendo's uh, NSO for the Nintendo Switch app. For the first time ever, you can play Super Mario All-Stars not on a Super Nintendo. Like, this is enormous news for the people that have never played Super Mario All-Stars, the original from the early 90s, where they remade Mario 1, Mario 2, Mario 3, and um, Mario 2J, which is the Lost Levels, all together in one collection. They're adding that. It is available right now. I already went to the NSO for the uh, Super Nintendo part and downloaded it. I'm sorry, not downloaded it. Uh, went on and, and made sure they did add it to the collection. So it's there for you for free if you're an NSO subscriber. So again, awesome, awesome, awesome. My favorite thing to do when I speedrun Mario isn't actually to play and speedrun Mario 1 on the NES. It's to speedrun all four games included in this collection. Right now, my time is 43 minutes and 58 seconds to beat all four games, which you know took me a while to get there, but very happy for that, that I can go play that on NSO now and don't have to hook, it, hook up my Super Nintendo um, again, because you know, this is great. It wasn't available in the, or in the super Nintendo, um, the mini, the super Nintendo classic. And that was a little bit perplexing as to why they wouldn't include that game. But now we know why it's going to be available. Now, if you have a, a Nintendo switch and you subscribed online, 
they then went into the big one and there's only this was only 10 minutes into the press or into the uh, direct there was still six minutes left i was kind of hoping for okay maybe they're gonna throw 64 sunshine and galaxy on the eShop and then give us the remaster releases one we didn't quite get that we did get super mario 3d all-stars the long rumored collection the mario remasters as we've been calling them are real now they are not full remasters so it's a little disappointing there I'm not going to like throw my eggs into one basket and say I needed them to be remastered in Super Mario 64 to look like Odyssey. Man, that would have been awesome if they at least ran it in Odyssey's engine. We saw when you beat Odyssey, you unlock the the uh, you unlock Peach's castle and you can even get the Mario 64 inspired costume so they can do it. Um, this isn't like lazy to me, but it also isn't what exactly what I was hoping for, which I, I guess I get it. Um, also galaxy Two, the best game <laughs> isn't even included at all. They kind of just forgot about it. They even put out all the Mario games you can play, uh, at one point in this and Mario galaxy two just wasn't on there, um, for at least everything you can play on the switch or anything right now. And it's just kind of funny that that is arguably the best 3d Mario game ever. And, uh, it's nowhere to be found in any of these collections. And if you're not going to give us the full remastered version of all these games, it is a little perplexing to me as to why you would admit Super Mario Galaxy 2, which is such a loved game, and it's a decade old. It came out in 2010, so it's not like it's new and you can have a chance to play it. It came out on the Wii, so if you missed that, you you didn't get to play it unless you popped it into your Wii U because there was a Wii mode included in that. So, again, not a full remaster, um, so a little disappointing there. Not, no Galaxy 2, which we didn't expect, but also a little disappointing there. You call it, re, you know, you call it All-Stars. That kind of, to me, means remastered. When you think about the first All-Stars game, they were 8-bit games completely up to 16-bit. Double the power. It looks gorgeous. And now they are going to offer higher resolution. So Mario 64 actually did look pretty good, but it still is the blocky 64, uh, you know, sprites, the 3D models. And, you know, they say they're, all the games are going to be raised in aspect ratio to 16 by 9, which is awesome, but they showed that for sunshine and galaxy and they waited for that to announce that part and they didn't show it for 64 um and you know even at the it's weird because i just don't know if 64 is gonna be 16 by 9 i would really really hope because that would be a little jarring if they just throw a higher res 64 in there and they're like up oh, here you go uh, I, I again i'd be a little, little disappointed in this collection if it if it's not up resed, I'm sorry, uh, up aspect ratio to 16 by 9 for all three games and not just Sunshine and Galaxy. Galaxy still looks great today, so I think it'll benefit really well from the higher resolution. It's going to look probably like a Wii U game. Um, I, I can get behind that. Sunshine is like, you know, the stepchild of the bunch where, you know, it's it's either loved or hated, and I am excited to get my hands on it again. I have it for GameCube, but I haven't played it ever i've never beaten it and i haven't played it even picked it up in a couple of years so that's going to be really excited for me to finally go be able to beat this game in 16 by 9 with a higher resolution with better controls because you know i i'd imagine that while the controls will probably be very very similar um they hopefully hopefully um will kind of translate well with 
with from the GameCube controller to the Switch Pro controller or the Joy-Con. Galaxy is going to be compatible with two Joy-Con controllers. I really hope that it's gyro controls in the Pro in the uh, Pro controller. I don't want to play Galaxy with two Joy-Con out in my hands. I don't enjoy playing games like that with the two separate Joy-Con in, in my hands. It's just not how I prefer to play. One Joy-Con for like Pokemon Let's Go or Super Mario Party, fine. I just don't like, I like having one controller in both hands, not two controllers in two hands. It's a little bit, you know, it's a little bit unordinary for me and I just don't like it. So I hope that the pro controller support will be there for all these games, including 64, because that game could, holy shit with that camera, man. I really am excited to see what they do with the camera. If I can play that with my pro controller and not have to use the C buttons on an N64 controller with that, you know, with that analog stick. Um, I think that that would be an enormous win if the controls for 64 and the camera are improved just by the new controller support alone. And then Galaxy, if you can play, because there are, you got to get the star bits and wave your hands and stuff like that. So I hope that that motion is put into the, the gyro for the pro controller. If those things are all there, I'm in. I'm 100% in. Don't get me wrong. I already pre-ordered it. Um, it's it's going to be awesome just to have these games again in one collection. Nintendo is a master of reselling things that uh of reselling things that that you already own and uh this time they're going to add soundtracks from all the games you know 36 tracks from mario 64 alone and then you go into the sunshine one you're getting you know another full soundtrack 58 tracks an hour and 11 minutes and then you go into galaxy so you're getting hours and hours of music included they didn't give you anything else in terms of are there going to be behind the scenes? Is there going to be dev diaries? Is there going to be commentary? None of that. Miyamoto was nowhere to be found in this direct, which was a little weird for me as well. The guy freaking created Mario. I was expecting him to be here. Um, who knows? I know that everybody working from home, maybe he didn't want to do a, you know, a presentation from his house. Japanese culture, a little different than American. The game's going to be available in two friggin' weeks. September 18th, 2020. I can't even imagine that like this is dropping in two weeks physically and digitally so i'm going to go to gamestop and i'm going to hope that i get my hands on it because this is going to be a limited run just like mario 35 this game I, I believe physical and digital are both only going to be available until the 31st of march so you know that this game is going to be extremely sought after you know that the that the uh, the resellers and all those people are going to go nuts with this shit. I'm not looking forward to that uh, at all, by, mind you. Uh, I, I have a, a weird feeling that this game's going to be very hard to get your hands on physically. So I did pre-order it digitally just to have it, guarantee myself having it, and I will go on a mission to find that physical copy, even though I'm going to be purchasing it twice and dropping $120 on it. That's okay, because I need to guarantee myself this physically, because if it's gone in March and I can never get my hands on it again unless I pay triple the amount for it, that's going to be extremely, extremely, extremely disappointing, and I just don't understand why Nintendo gives us this great thing and then wants to take it away. So I think maybe we'll find out more, hopefully we find out more around the March 31st thing. Um, boy, howdy, I, I really hope we do. Uh, but yeah, this is perplexing to say the least, but awesome. Like we still got it a 35th anniversary direct. It was long rumored. Finally glad it's here. So freaking excited to say that in two weeks, I'm going to be playing Mario 64, uh, up in HD on my 85 incher. Like that's sick. So, um, that's that 
Sam couldn't make it. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, he, he dropped his thoughts on the direct. He said, he's very hyped for me, very happy for me. Cause this is what I've been wanting for a long time. It might not be his style. So I thought I'd come on and just talk about it myself. Give my honest opinion. I'm super hyped for it, but there's a lot, a little bit to be disappointed at here. And, uh, you know what? The fact that it is, it exists is cool enough for me. I can go to bed now, not wondering for the last six months if this is real or not. So the end of the day, it's better than nothing. There are some amazing smaller announcements. The Mario Kart Live Home cir- or Home Tour um, or Home Circuit. Uh, you have Mario 35, which is going to be all day, every day exciting for me. I'm so pumped to play that for at least a couple months until they take it. Uh, and then I think we'll find out more when the next Direct happens or if they announce the new Switch model, whatever that might look like. They didn't announce any sort of Mario-themed Switch or anything like that. So maybe that does lead to a Switch Pro. Who knows? I'm very interested to, to hear why this is only going to be available till March 31st. And then again, pulled from the digital shop and pulled from stores, which is just perplexing to me, but I hope we find out more because Nintendo doing Nintendo things is the scariest thing as a Nintendo fan. Uh, I'll say that, but everybody, thank you so much for, for the intro here uh, into this week's podcast, 25 minutes on the Nintendo direct. It was, I went 10 minutes longer than the direct was itself. So uh, with that, we hope you enjoy episode 201. Now on with the show. Hey, this is Craig from the Craig Skits Podcast. You can find me on twitch.tv slash Craig Skits or youtube.com slash Craig Skits. And guess what? You have found we podcast and we know things. And you know what? That's good. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 201 of We Podcast and We Know Things, where we recap all of the week's nerdy news. My name is Greg Hall, and alongside of me is almost always the best damn voice in the business, Sam Matoro. What a friggin' week. I know. We have a big show, a king-size show for you today. We're going to talk about an interview we had earlier this week, a surprise interview. Very, very cool one. Uh, Hour and 15 minutes, we'll go over that. Um, not for an hour and 15 minutes. That's how long the interview was. We'll give our picks of the week. We'll do some trivia. It is 11 for Sam, 10 and a half for me, and our race to 11, well, win by two. Sam, I have already a been slam there. dunk for you this week. So I, like, I, I think I wanted to get, I wanted you to get this one right just to keep it interesting. I honestly think I also gave you a slam dunk, though. I think this would be one of the easier questions I've given you recently. It's right in your wheelhouse. Like, right. like here's your wheelhouse, and the question, you can't even see it because it's so far yeah, inside your wheelhouse. I was, I, I was going to say, great. I see exactly what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> then we're going oh, to do, do a full recap of the DC Fandom event. And that's just part one. Part two comes in September. I looked at some of the panels already. A lot of DC Universe originals that are going to be on HBO Max are getting panels there. So excited for that. Sam will take over in gaming, where we had Gamescom opening night. Uh, We had a Nintendo Direct this week. And that's not the lead story. That's how crazy of a week this was. Uh, We're going to go into movies from there, where I'll take over. We have a review for Tenant. Um, New Mutants is actually coming out in theaters, so I lost a a three-and-a-half-year bet with myself. TV, uh, we have a a spoiler-free review of the premiere of The Boys Season 2. Some other shows that are being brought into the world and another show that's coming to Netflix very soon before Sam takes over for his CGC spotlight and we will get on out of here. It is early for us tonight. It's 5:49 p.m. I just got done my dinner, aka a mixed fruit smoothie and uh and we're doing this oh, early. Healthy. Yeah, I'm but, bro, I'm still on the kick. 
you know, no, not- it's, it's good to hear you're still healthy. You know, I know we talked out basically, you know, we worked up until this point, we just shoved dinner down our throats and, you know, hopped on to, you know, bang out this podcast. Yeah. I mean, I did eat five slices of Papa John's pizza yesterday. So I am going to just say that to, that was a, a cheat day and a half. No, no, that's all. Hey, Greg, you're allowed one cheat day a week. Yeah. So well, fine. if I told you that, uh, that was my only cheat day this week. <laughs> All right, three, three, four. You're pushing. I, I may have, we may have gone out on Sunday to a store. I can't. Oh yeah, we went to the Halloween store in the mall, and wow. uh, on the way back, I didn't feel like cooking, so we picked up some Mickey D's. So I'm not gonna lie, it's been bad. It's been a bad week oh, for me. And, and also, new nuggets. Uh, I think when I tell you September 16th, I'll never forget releasing spicy nuggets. Yeah, that's my best. <laughs> and the and and new sauce. So yeah. this is little breaking news. This is it's my wedding anniversary, so like I can never forget that. So that's oh, how we're gonna. Go. We've already decided with the pandemic, we can't do anything. So we're actually just gonna oh, go to over McDonald's. A, a candlelit dinner, Big Mac and nuggets. Would you believe it that our first wedding anniversary was Taco Bell? I 100% believe it. Ashley was sick. Were, so were we, you two? Were you we, two? Oh, yeah. We couldn't do anything. She was sick. Uh, so yeah, we actually yeah, yeah. had uh, we had Taco Bell and we watched a wrestling pay-per-view. That was our first wedding anniversary. I'll never forget There you that. go. All right. So uh, before we get into the picks of the week, and I'm so friggin' excited for mine this week, uh, we had an interview this past Monday night. It is available now. We dropped it early. We dropped it at 6 a.m. on Tuesday morning. Um, wow. Craig Schistemus a.k.a. Craig Skits from the Craig Skits podcast. You may also know him as Stuttering Craig from Screw Attack and Game Attack. Screw Attack, one of the oldest, founded in 2006, one of the oldest video game websites in the world. Man, that was so much fun. I've, I've watched his stuff since 2008. That's 12 years I've consumed his content. And to have him on the show where he reached out and said, I want to be on your podcast. So I just threw our name in the ring. He emailed and said, let's do it. And it made its way onto air. What a cool experience. Yeah, of course, we're honored that he chose us to do it. Unfortunately, I wasn't unable to do it with you. But I know you, you really looked up to him. And I know we couldn't miss, miss this opportunity. So. I'm glad it went well. We threw down. We talked about basketball. I asked him about the DC Fandom uh, game reveals. We talked about E3 for a while. You'd be very interested and very surprised at some of the things we talked about during E3. It got, it definitely got I, real. I, I know, I know, cheesesteaks was mentioned. Definitely ate some. We talked about cheesesteaks. He's been to Philly, so we talked about some cheesesteak spots. Man, it was. It was such a fun conversation. There wasn't anything we didn't tackle, quite frankly. Uh, we talked about opening an Italian restaurant together, starting a new website about porn. It's funny. It's just a good time. Um, um, yeah. You're not Italian, so <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't want you to – I don't like that idea at all. I, I am, think that is disrespect. I am not Italian. Uh, wait a minute. No, I'm not Italian. Not even 1%. Yeah, I take that complete disrespect. <laughs> well, you're my co-host, therefore you're my co-owner of the restaurant. So. <laughs> yeah, so I'm Italian, so okay. So. If, if you've ever heard of the angry video game nerd, which a lot of people have, he started out on Screw Attack before moving over to like YouTube full time. So like, there's even that that this is where the AVGN got his start, and Scott the Waz got his start, and Greg Miller from Kind of Funny, he's he's been on that podcast. So we just had a really nice conversation about his new pod, the Craig Skits podcast, six episodes in, and we're happy to, to say go listen to that show, and then take a listen to our interview before you do any of that. I promise you it's worth it. Um, it's one of our fastest rising uh, bonus episodes of 2020, so I want to thank Craig for, for tweeting it out. Um, you know, that he didn't have to do that. And it was very nice. He actually emailed last night just to make sure that he was tweeting out the right thing. He did it proactively. So that's awesome. What a guy. Yeah. Really happy for that. So 
Check it out. Thanks, Craig. When when you're done listening to this one, if you just let us play, that episode will just automatically start. Matter of fact, his voice was the voice of our intro tonight. Uh, so Look yeah, go take take a listen to it. It will not disappoint you. I promise you that. Sam, let's get into it. Our picks of the week. Picks of the week. I binged it. I finished it. Lucifer season five on Netflix. You know, they released the first eight episodes. What was that? I think it was on last Friday. And I dare they still don't know when they're going to release the, the back end, the back eight. You know, I would imagine it's going to be probably end of the year, maybe December, January. I think they still said they had one episode to do. But it picks up exactly kind of where it left off. Um, I, I don't want to spoil it. But again, it brought a new dynamic. Tom Ellis is kind of playing. But basically is playing him. Uh, his twin brother Michael, so he's doing dual roles and that. So it's kind of it's good to get it, and he's doing another accent, so it's good to hear him when he's going back and forth doing. You know, on one episode he's battling himself, which is pretty cool. Um, the ending I I, I kind of saw coming because I you know, as a podcast you know we, we see stuff a lot, and I knew that there was a casting announcement. And I was just kind of waiting, and it showed up perfect time. Uh, eight episodes again. It, it's it's such a, a great show. I think the whole week it was number one on Netflix. It broke the record of, um, I think it was um, um, the Umbrella Academy season two. I think that had then it had the record. They just beat that for like the longest number one TV show on Netflix. So uh, it's good to see that the Lucifer that the fans went and just supported it. And you know, don't be nervous, people. We're still getting a whole another six season of of Lucifer. It's rumored that it's going to be six, another 16 episodes, but don't quote me on that, but just what I was been reading on. So again, if you, you know, been watching Lucifer from the beginning, it was on Fox. I think you owe it to yourself to get, it's all on Netflix. Go binge it, start it. Great cast, good chemistry. Great show. My wife liked it a lot too. She's done it as well. See, she is he, he's just, he is he's awesome as the devil and, and the cast around him is perfect. Yeah. He's not, that's not my, not my style. I don't love that show. But it's okay. I, I've given it a shot, at least. That's the important thing. You just got to give it yeah, a shot. Yeah, that's all. Hey, if it's, not, if it's not your cup of tea, it's not yours. That's, that's, all. that's all I ask. These picks of the week, when we make recommendations, man, just go, just go try them. What's the worst that could happen? You know what I mean? Like, if you don't like it, just never, ever. Well, you figure there's, you know, like you always see articles like, man, how long does it actually take you to find a show to watch on that? But listen to one of us, man. We got something good. Take a chance. If, if you don't like it, you know. Shoot me a DM and, and yell, yell at me. Yo, if you if you like sappy TV teen drama, hit me up. If you like anything else, hit Sam up. Um, <laughs> and then and then you'll have it all covered. I mean, Sam, you're gonna hate my pick of the week. I think it's oh, God. I'm so excited for this one, man. I am in love with In Sickness and In Flames, the new record from the front bottoms. Oh Jesus. <laughs> uh, Sam and I actually hated the front bottoms for years, years. We saw them multiple times. I, okay, no, well, I, I'm going to say hate's a very strong word. I just dislike them. I'll just leave it at that. A lot. You've just <laughs> disliked them a I, lot. You know, I, I you, don't know. You, 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 when you see a band live, you know, like to me, that's when you really see a band. You, 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 you really experience the band. And to me, it wasn't a good experience. Like, I mean, <laughs> again, not nothing against the front bottoms. If it, if it goes against saying my first concert, Papa Roach, Caesar Stained, um, you know, Pop Roach was great, brought the injury. Seether was great, brought the injury. Stain sucked. They just sat there and did nothing. It was one of the, like the ending. Like I felt like they just Pop Roach and Seether was above stained, and it, they just didn't match the energy. So hey, you know, so it's not like I'm not saying just the front bonds. I was like stained, who's you know sold millions and millions of records. 
I, you know, they, they, you know, they were disappointing a lot. I just, I love this record, man. I, I did not like them at all for years. I mean, we saw them open up for brand new and I saw them open yep. up for motion city and I, I just never connected. And a lot of it was, was the voice. A lot of it was Derek's voice. He tried a lot, at least in my opinion, tried really hard to be like Tom DeLonge, but just not as good. And once I got over that and just started listening to them, they started to like, they just start to grow on you like a parasite or like they're like a gnat at a barbecue. Just like, just, they just beat you just down, beat you down and, and you just, you just give in eventually. And I started listening to their entire catalog and I start to get obsessed with the songwriting and the simplicity of the music and just like power chords on an acoustic guitar and a drum. Like you can't be any more simpler and just like the dark shit they would write about, but in like this cheery, happy way. And it just started to get me hooked. And I've gotten over the past year completely obsessed with them, completely flipped around to the point where I'm disappointed that I didn't like them live. And now if I had the chance to, they were just in Philly at Citizens Bank Park the other day doing an outdoor show. I, I didn't get to go, but like I'm excited to see them again once concerts open back up. This new record in Sickness and in Flames Brand new came out August 21st, so literally less than a week ago. Uh, they had released four singles on it before Everyone Blooms, Camouflage, Montgomery Forever, and Fairbanks, Alaska. Camouflage was so good that it was my pick of the week before, just the single. It actually came out the same day that Star Wars Episode 9 came out, and I heard it for the first time on the way to the theater to watch it with you. That's how crazy wow. this ride has been. But it's the other songs on this record that I fucking love. Jerk might be my favorite song on the record. New Song D, The Truth, The Hard Way, Leaf Piles, Love at First Sight, Bus Beat, and Make Way. I cannot say enough good things about the other eight songs that weren't singles. They're all great. Camouflage still holds up. I still listen to it as one of my favorite songs of the past year. But man, I can't get over the rest of these songs. And I don't say that lightly. And I'm not just saying it because my pick of the week. This record slaps. It gets back to what made the front bottoms great when Talon of the Hawk was out in 2013. It's a lot more like that, which is where we actually started to not like them because that's like the Au Revoir song and, and stuff like that. Regardless. You know, the, you know the meme of the guy blinking? Yes. That's me. <laughs> I, I cannot say enough about this record. Now. It does not surpass Hot Mulligan, You'll Be Fine, as my favorite record of 2020. Yet, Hot Mul that's going to be a tough, tough task for Hot Mulligan to be. To, I have been, I'm blown away by that record still uh, all these months later. I still listen to it on repeat. So um, I will say that the Front Bottoms right now has nestled up in the number two spot, pushed out like Afterburner and Neck Deep and Newfound Glory. But we know that Bearings is coming out. We know that A Will Away, Miniature Tigers. It's going to be a, a tough month when it comes to the top three. But I have a sneaky suspicion that both Hot Mulligan and the Front Bottoms are going to be in there. I will just politely decline. <laughs> Sam, let's get into our trivia. It is 11 for you, 10 and a half for me. So close, you can cut it with a knife. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, it, it doesn't, but we're going to go with it. I want to I want to hit you with the question first. I think I have an absolute slam dunk for you because, you know, when it's, you know, the dice are dancing on the table and this is this is when it's the best. Which year was the Nintendo 64 discontinued? How's that a slam dunk? Um, I, it's, it's, I think you know this it's one. It's 2000 or 2001, maybe 2002, somewhere in there because the Cube came out, I think, in 01. Um 
what are you up by a half a point? So even if I get it wrong and you get it right, we're still alive. So yes, I'm, sir. I'm just going to say, win no matter what, I'm just going to say discontinued. Is it like they stopped making it? Yes. Discontinued. Correct. Oh man. So they, they definitely made it up until the release of the cube because they had games coming out for it. So I'm going to say, Oh, one incorrect. Oh, two. It was Oh, two. Yeah. Right after the cube, that makes that makes sense. The year after the cube, and my answers right. were two thousand one, two, three. Yeah, so. two, two yeah. was the next logical one. I wouldn't have gone before that. I just, I didn't know their practice back then. All right, so it's it's eleven and a half, or I'm sorry, eleven to ten and a half. Even if you get this right without answers, which I honestly think you will, it is kind of a layup. Um, I'm still alive. So this okay. is a question about the Joker. Oh, Jesus. so literally directly in your wheelhouse. Okay. The Joker. Got? The Joker was created by three people: Bob Kane, Bill Finger, and who? Jerry Robinson. That is correct. Yeah. When that, I tell that, you that was that was that was the, probably the easiest question you ever asked. <laughs> what? Co- you, you, you know, you know what sucks is Bob Kane always denied that Jerry Robinson helped create the jerk, Joker. He, you know, he said that he gave me a Joker playing card or something like that. And I don't know. To me, hearing uh, was I what was I think it was the interview with one uh, the Bill Finger one. Um, they had an interview with Mine Infantino, and I believe he said Jerry Robinson definitely helped create the Joker. So he don't give a shit what Bob Kane says. Bob Kane, Jerry Robinson, and Bill Finger created the Joker, period. What color are those red fire trucks? I think that's the easiest <laughs> question I've ever asked. <laughs> <Right> a bit. <laughs> All right, so it's now 12 for you, 10 and a half for me. I told you it was like so far in your wheelhouse that I just hope that it would stump you. And you'd I, at I least... don't know, but I mean, yours was games at 64. And I, it's I a, thought, but it's a, but it's a year question. They're tough. Year questions are tough. Like, like but you're, you're so particular, like the 64, you know, you're funny with them dates. And like, you, you were already, you said the correct date that you said, oh, you know, 2001, 2002. So you were right there. And you just went back and forth. Yeah. And I, I, and I'm kind of beating myself up for not going 02. That was the logical choice. I just, I made, as they say, I made an error in judgment. Yeah. Sorry, my friend. <laughs> it's all good. All right. All right, dude, let's do this. The DC fandom happened. It is done. We're a little late recording to the uh, to the reaction to it, but you know what? It didn't make it any less crazy. Uh, what'd you think of it? No, I mean overall, I, I personally I think DC outdid themselves for being at day one of DC fandom the first time that I've seen anything like this happen. And to me, I, I thought they blew it out of the water. They did. And you know what? It was so big that they're dividing it into two nights, which is crazy. September 12th, which, by the way, is only 10 days from when we're recording this. Um, so it's not even that far out that we're going to have part two to discuss. But overall, you know what? I thought it was a really good show. I thought the panels, like, they did their job. Um, some yeah. of them were just filler. You could kind of tell. But the big stuff, they they brought the big stuff. Uh, we'll break it all down. We're not going to go over, like, the the smaller panels, per se. You know, like... Um, there was like a, t- uh, the, the milestone comic static shock thing. There was like, um, uh, what was I mean, it? The I multiverse. Like I have to mention the Batman animated series, the little four or five minute shorts that they had of Kevin Conroy coming back. Will Friedel coming back, Troy Baker, uh, Diedrich Bader that, you know, first they're, 
Yeah. They're making fun of 66 Joker. That was fun. His mustache. They're making fun of him stealing the fish. That was funny. I thought that was really funny. Yeah. Like to me, just hearing all their voices, like just seeing them all back together. Like, I I really hope that we get this kind of push to somehow revive one or or more of these shows. Yeah. And and what we'll do is we'll go through the big stuff. Um, uh, you know, we're actually going to make a revision where, you know, I'm going to go to movies and then TV and then Sam's going to kick it back for gaming. Um, at the end, and then we'll do a CGC spotlight. I know we had already said that gaming is going to kick it off and stuff like that, but a lot has changed over the last week because um, this is just a, a different episode. We're, we recorded this episode over a span of seven days. So, you know, um, bear with us here for 201, but we'll go over the big stuff in the fandom. Um, again, not the smaller panels, unless there was something else besides the Batman animated series you want to talk about, feel free. I know Jim Lee had some panels and stuff like that. That must have been cool for you. I mean, of course, Jim Lee's Jim Lee, you know, but to me, like, at the only little side ones they did, that was the Batman animated series. Of course, we know that's kind of like my favorite since I've been a kid, but I just felt like I had to mention on that. I think you could watch them on YouTube. I think it's like a a four and a half minute one on here, then like a two and a half minute little short they did over there. So if you get, you know, 10 minutes, check them out. The first panel was the Wonder Woman 1984 panel, and they did show their second trailer um, for the film. We did see Kristen Wiig's Cheetah in action. The, the movie is currently slated for October 2nd, which, by the way, is the same day as Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about time. Um, but this movie, like you've said before, should have already been out. We discussed in episode 200 in our big preview episode, you know, would you like a clip? Would you like a trailer? A clip might make more sense since the movie's been in the can. It's been done. But we got a trailer. What would you think of the trailer and then Cheetah? And the trailer, again, I've, this is what, the second or third trailer that second, we've seen of yeah. it. Yeah, the second. So, I mean, I, I've seen enough. I mean, I'm going to see it no matter what. And, and like we said before in the last episode, that this trailer was basically just for them to show off Cheetah finally, you know, because some stuff has leaked. But, of course, you want to wait until the actual movie. I thought Cheetah, I thought Cheetah just looked OK. It didn't kind of bore me away or I, I didn't absolutely hate it. I just thought it was OK. Same. And you know what, though? I thought it was an appropriate beginning to the show because it started at one o'clock p.m. Eastern time. And, you know, not everybody is going to just join, be ready to go at one o'clock. So I felt like starting with something like Wonder Woman that we already know exists, that we've already seen before was a smart move because it it continues you to get hyped. We know the movie's going to be almost three hours. Uh, it, it's going to get you hyped, but it's not this brand new announcement. They saved that for a second. But I thought it was an appropriate if albeit kind of meh way to kick off the show. No, I I think you nailed it. Are you is man, I know it's September 2nd. So we're actually, we're one month away from, from wonder woman as we record this, but is this a movie that gets you back to the theater? And I, I've talked to a few people. Um, about that like I already know some people already went to see whatever you the, the 15 cent day that and we know you know tenants coming out this weekend and a couple buddies of mine that are going to see it um I, I I think I will um make the attempt to see Wonder Woman in theaters you know I know you have you know I know you have to pre-order everything of course I'll do all that as long as I could do that and you know you know me I like to get in there early get out of there so uh, I I think I'm gonna say all right. Now let's talk about it because this is something that I've been waiting two weeks to talk about. And that is Batman Gotham Knights. Um, really wish it was just called Gotham Knights, but it's finally been revealed after tease, after tease, after tease. 
of the Court of Owls and all of that stuff. We thought it was going to be another Arkham game from WB Montreal. They didn't even say up front that it was going to be a Batman game. They just said WB Montreal's next game. Um, You get to play as Robin, Batgirl, Nightwing, Red Hood. Batman's potentially dead, supposedly going to be dead. They showed off somewhere around the seven, eight minute mark of actual gameplay on top of a trailer. Before I get into my thoughts, I got to know, what did you think of Batman Gotham Knights? Take all my money. <laughs> Take Obviously, I mean, come on. This is a day one buy for me. I don't, you know, I, I'm pretty sure I speak for most people that there's no way in hell Batman's really dead. To me, this is his reasoning of drawing out the Court of Owls is to fake his own death and to draw them out. So to me, eventually near the end, I think Batman's going to come back and we're actually going to get to play as Batman. Whoa, 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 whoa. Don't skip over that. You think we're going to actually play as Batman after it's an RPG. So you're leveling up these characters after investing so much. You think we're actually going to play as as the as the Batman? I, I I believe so. I I because it's it's the court of owls. It's something that you know it wasn't you know created till Scott uh, Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. Um, so he's like to me he's the newest. Like I know there's Robin King and there's the Batman who laughs. I understand that, but to me the 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 best the better villain the newer villain is the court of owls and just that that they've been around for Gotham for all these years and and you know Batman probably only knows very little. So he probably realizes like I got to fake my own death. I can't even include the team in. So he's just literally playing dead, playing possum. And once I think they come out, once it's, you know, that, you know, I think you're again, during the beginning, I think you're going to have, of course, they showed you Mr. Freeze and you're going to have your other boss battles. But as, as towards the end, I believe Batman is going to make an appearance. So I do too, right? So I actually do as well, but mine's a little different because I'm with you. Like, I think that Batman is absolutely not dead. I think he's faking his own death, but I think it a little differently. I think he's going to join you for the final fight. Um, and make it like a five-person team, if, unless they kill off one of the characters. But I don't think they will because you pick which one you want to play as. So that would be a little tough to do that from a game development standpoint. But I think he joins you for the last fight. I don't think you become him. And I don't think people might actually want that because you spend all of this time and all of this energy leveling up this character uh, that you spend this entire journey with all of a sudden for them to pull a naughty dog. Uh, we'll just leave it there. And and flip the script on who you play as. I don't know if that would go over so no, well. Well, I'm just saying, like maybe like that's just an option. Like you can play as Batman, or you can continue to play whether you're playing Nightwing, Robin, Batgirl, or Red Hood. I mean, all four are great choices. Right. You, you know, I, I'm definitely going to rotate through. Of course, I'm going to pick Nightwing first because Nightwing's my favorite. But yeah, I'm going to go. Definitely, with, I'm definitely going to level up everybody slow and steady. But I'm, I'm going to go with Red Hood. Um, for mine, they, each character will have its own set of abilities. You have some teleportation stuff. I saw some some martial arts stuff. Some like, um, some like what what was that like? Uh, there was oh like ta- they did some tag team moves yeah. where it's like you're, you you know to do like the, the two hit kill or something like that or knockdown. Yeah, the one time like get thrown up in the air and then a spin move and throw him down like a yeah, like, like, like an all you, you know? yeah it was pretty cool um like you said mr freeze was in there so we know it's not just going to be around the court of owls we know that uh um the talons might show up in there but mr freeze and, uh, and the riddler and I'm, I'm sure the riddler will be in there he was a big part of the arkham game so i i like that that they're introducing a new big baddie that's not the joker but that they're giving us you know the big hits and you know maybe we'll see bane and and all of that, I, I and, do appreciate that. 
I thought Mr. Freeze, I thought he looked awesome. You know, like I, obviously the, the graphics of the game look good. I mean, the voice, it was good, but no one will touch Michael Ansaria as the voice of Mr. Freeze, the animated series. He, his voice is just like so haunting. Yeah. And I don't think no one has captured that but him. This is actually going to be a cross-generation game. It's going to be released in 2021, which is great. They gave us a lot of gameplay, uh, like we said, not just a trailer. 2021 released PS5, Xbox Series X and S, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. So not necessarily a reason for me to run out and get a PS5 or an Xbox Series X because I can just play it on PS4, which is a good thing. We don't have a window. We don't know if it'll be spring. I imagine this will be a holiday title, though. We're probably over a year away from this. Yeah, and, and I, I literally thought the same thing. I was like, okay, we still have another year. I mean, so again, like you said, you know, I'm not going to rush to get that PS5. If, if I can swing what happens, great. If not, I'm not going to worry about it. I'll this, get it when I can. This game was kind of like a knock your socks off type deal. Like this, this blew my mind. The gameplay looked tight. It looked Arkhamish, but like not just Batman. I love that you know everybody had their own abilities and and. You know, you're not stuck to playing one character. This was the exact type of DC game I never knew I wanted, but now that I know I'm going to have it, I am so glad it exists. Oh, and I'm glad to hear you say that. You know, they're, they're shining some light on, on the other Bat family that are really good, real prominent characters. Of course, anything the Nightwing, of course, I'm going to love. And for sure, and I, I kind of can't wait to see just like again whether you know you, you play with a buddy or or what have you. You know, you, you're just playing with the computer as a teammate, whatever. But I just want to dive back into this world. I need me a Batman just open world game. Yeah, that's going to be super fun. I can't wait to go around Gotham as people I've never played as before. Like, that's really exciting. Oh, yeah. Then we got, uh, you know, again, we're not going in chronological order. We're just hitting the big, big stuff. We got a Suicide Squad full cast reveal. John Cena included. Uh, We now know who everybody is going to be playing. And we have John Cena as the Peacemaker. Idris Elba is playing Bloodsport. Um, Nathan Fillion is TDK. Pete Davidson is Black Garden. He looks ripped, by the way. Michael Rooker is Savant. Uh, we still don't know much. I, ab- I, I can't wait to see Rooker as Savant. That's going to be fun, man. <laughs> uh, we we don't know yet who Taika Waititi is playing, but you know there are theories going around the internet. Um, you have Margot Robbie coming back as Harley Quinn. Viola Davis, obviously Amanda Waller. Jai Courtney, obviously back as Captain Boomerang. Joel Kinnaman back as Rick Flag. But then oh, you yeah. have like. Polka Dot Man's going to show up in this, and Rat Catcher Two. Uh, yeah. You know, you have King Shark, um, Weasel, Javelin, The Thinker, Solsoria, uh, Mongol, Savant, Tyla, Luna, Amelia Harcourt. So, with all of that being said, number one, it was a really cool cast little game they played, like a Brady Bunch looking thing. That was really neat with yeah, James Gunn in the middle. But this is going to be difficult for one reason. Lots of characters that not a lot of people know. How do you pull this off if you're James Gunn? I know that we didn't know much about the Guardians, but there's only five of them. There's a lot of characters in this movie that people might not have known before. Which, I, but I, I think that that's good though. Like introduce some new characters from that was, I guess, the the original run of the Suicide Squad, or like or very you know in the front of very odd characters. Like oh, like you said Polka Dot Man. Like no one's you know. Are you serious? It's almost like the Condiment King. Yeah. the animated series yeah but the, the, the you know the trailer or whatever featurette you want to say that they showed kind of like blew me away a little bit like i wasn't into this like this movie as much as i was and after i watched it i was like holy shit what am i what am i going to watch and of course they say you know you know don't expect everyone to make it through so you know they'll have your favorite 
you know so like they, they, they all kept it fun and, and how everyone spoke about James Gunn and and here like saying about the explosions of this movie and, and all these practical effects and I cannot wait to see this movie same I can like the fact that it's not set in present day and it's not just like this this run-of-the-mill superhero romp fest is going to be a lot of fun I dude John Cena as an actor has completely grown on me like completely won me over so i'm so excited to see what he does in this kind of loony role like a peacemaker that that sounds so much fun to me oh when you what you say is that when you're like a a goody two-shoes captain america but you kill people yeah like that's your justice like i cannot <laughs> wait to see him in action like oh. I, I mean i would say rooker i think is probably going to be I mean, I don't know how long he's gonna be—he's gonna make it, but I—I just—I get to see him being hilarious. That's—I can't wait, man. This is gonna be so much fun, and you know what? They were very open about it, and you know, I was expecting to see a trailer, but I'm okay with what we got. I really, really am. No, it's like again, like that featurette of the behind the scenes and while them shooting explosions, they show you the, the new look for Harley Quinn, which I freaking love. By the way, I love that Joel Kinnaman's coming back. I love Tim Rick Flag. And you're just just some cool favorites that I always like, like King Shark stuff like that. Yeah. And we'll see what Idris can bring to the character. And you know, I, I hey, if, if James Gunn did what he did to Guardians, I have complete faith in him in Suicide Squad. Now we're gonna save the two big movies for the end. We'll hit the rest of it, but the two big ones, Snyder Cut and the Batman, we'll save till the end. Um, but we did get a Black Adam panel-ish thing. It was Dwayne the Rock Johnson on a green screen for ten minutes, but we did get that. Um, he showed off, you know, a little bit, not, he didn't show any movie off or anything like that. It is slated for December of 2021. Um, but we know that Adam Smasher is going to be there. We know that Hawkman is going to be there. What did you think of this little 10 minute kind of look into the black Adam film? I did not expect to, to like, I, I kind of like threw this off as just like junk. And this was like one of my favorites. Um, You're talking about the panel, not the movie. Yeah, well, yeah, like, well, both, like, the, uh, even the, like the movie, like, uh, it's going to be good. But hearing him say Adam Smasher, Hawkman, Cyclone, and one of my personal favorites, Dr. Fate. Yeah. Every, anyone who knows, who knows Dr. Fate is, is one of my favorite characters. Once he said that, he had my, un, uh, like, he, he, like, you, you know, I'm looking at The Rock, like, you got me, like, sold, you had me day one now in this movie. And just hearing his hype for it and, and we know that he's been after this movie for years and he's been trying to get this. Movie. I think he said for 10, 15 years now. So now that they finally have the story, they brought the actor in that was playing Adam Smasher. He's real excited. He's working out, getting ready for the role. And just to, and just to see like the Justice Society and hear him call out all the DC heroes like that they're on watch. There's a new hierarchy in. Just got me hype as shit. The, the Rock just has this, he's the, the, the people, the fans. Every movie it seems he touches is a, is a success. Hopefully this is no different and we'll get multiple movies. Just his hype alone brought me all the way to 10. Cannot wait to see this movie. That is really cool, man. I I liked it a lot. I was watching, so I watched it on my iPad with no headphones while my daughter was playing in the basement. Ashley was next to me and there was a, like The Little Mermaid or something on TV. So I couldn't pay like full attention to it. But I do remember getting hyped up for it. And I do remember her talking to me one time and I completely wasn't paying attention. And I apologize, sweetheart. But I was like, uh, what was that? Because I was into it. I was really, really, yeah. really into it. And it was only, you know, like we said, 10, 15 minutes long. Yeah, that's all it was. Yeah, 10, 15 minute little window. But I'm, I was I was super there for it, man. It was really cool. Now, I can't say I can't say as much for the next thing, which I think is going to surprise you. Uh, Rocksteady 
finally, after five plus years, has announced their new game. Uh, they announced it before the show in a random Friday tweet saying it will be a Suicide Squad game. Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. Um, it'll be a next-gen co-op game. We got it. At least a CG trailer of it. What'd you think? Yeah, you know, again, no gameplay. You said 2022. It's not coming out till. Right. And I just thought it was okay. It, it didn't... Um... It didn't blow me away like Gotham Knights did, or, or um, it, 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 I just thought it, it looked okay. Um, n- nothing that I'm, I'm biting at the bit. I feel like this is a game that I, I can, I can wait. I'm in no rush to get. I'll, pro- I'll probably get it because I'm, I'm just a DC guy, but I'm, I'm in no rush. I also will get it, but it is next gen only, so I better have a PS5 by 2022. And you can play it single player, but it is most enjoyed in co-op, which is not like Rocksteady. That's what is a little disappointing to me. And I'll come out and say it. This was one of the most disappointing things of the entire show for me. Um, I didn't. Oh, and I could see that. I didn't like it. It wasn't even mad for me. I don't find it. I didn't find it very appealing. I thought Harley Quinn looked and sounded so annoying. And if I have to deal with that all game, I'm out. The two redeeming qualities of this trailer and this potential game for me. And I'm going to see more and maybe I'll change my tune. Apparently the new Avengers game that's coming out, you know, today is, is getting rave reviews from a lot of people that I didn't expect. So we'll put that to bed, but, but for this one, Captain Boomerang and, and King shark, they're the only two things I'm excited for to play. And if I had my druthers, I'd play the entire game as them, but this is my big thing. I think that fandom itself would have been more effective if the two games were swapped. You put the Suicide Squad game in prime time, 8 o'clock p.m. on a Saturday night, and all you brought was a CG trailer after being in the can for, or I'm sorry, being in the oven for five years. You only brought a CG trailer. It was a decent CG trailer. Like I said, it didn't do anything really for me. This would have been great in the 130 time slot and right before the Batman, which was the thing that ended the whole show. If you would have given us that 25 minutes, including seven of gameplay of Gotham Knights, I would have thought that the show overall would have been much more effective. And I personally would have been much more hyped because you got me so hyped off that seven minutes that I was expecting five to seven minutes more of gameplay for this. And when I didn't get it, it was just like, that's it. Then they do a phone call with, with uh, Will Arnett, and that's what I'm getting at eight o'clock at night on a. I'm wasting my Saturday. It just it wasn't effective. I thought it was just a waste of time a little bit. And 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 by the time you know, and I like Will Arnett, but by the time that happens, you know, you're just like, okay, end this shit so I can see the Batman. That's like, it. You were at that point, hundred so percent. I, I would I would agree. If you flipped them, we would have been riding so high off that game right into the movie. Like I, I probably would have jumped out my damn window. I, it was so. Hype, but like I had to rework myself up to get to the Batman because that phone call skit was so bad. It was so bad where, just like you said, I was like asking myself, when is this shit going to be over? Like, I was so tired of it. Once once Reeves started talking, (sighs) my excitement was right back up. And I'm not saying mine wasn't, but I had to get there. Like, it should have it should have already been out of 10 and then can you imagine can you imagine riding the wave of gotham knights into fucking the batman and we'll talk about that trailer and literally next but like can you imagine it just 
it was it was very difficult for me to to ask myself why did the producers or whomever you know who put this lineup together put the CG trailer at night instead of the seven minutes of fucking awesome gameplay? It was just perplexing. No, I, I agree. It. It looks okay. It it reminded me a lot of this game from for Xbox One called Sunset Overdrive. It got me big vibes on that. Um, like I said, 2022, next gen only, Xbox Series X and S, PS5 and PC, no Xbox One, no PS4, um, which is also a little disappointing, but I guess you're gonna be in the next gen by then, so just yeah. get it over with. I, I better guess. be. Yeah, two years after they release, I I get it. You're not gonna release the old versions or the uh the versions for the old consoles makes sense, but this was just not a game. I will get it. It's rock steady. I support them. I own every game they've made. I just don't feel the juices flowing for this one. Like I did the other one. No, same boat. All right, let's get into the big two that ended the show. Well, the one was at five 30, but the, the one that ended the entire show, we got our first look, including a trailer for Matt Reeves, the Batman. And I, just him talking about it, just hearing him, his knowledge and, you know, him paying respects to Zack Snyder. Then it was Zack Snyder. He, he like, can't, like, they both can't wait to see each other's films. Like, I bet, I, number one, I love. And just hearing his knowledge and, and hearing what he thinks about the Batman and kind of what went into it. And, and that just, before we got anything, I, I was, you couldn't have gotten me any more hype. For sure. It was a very appropriate way to start that instead of just going into something. You know, Robert Pattinson actually started it. He came out for like 10 seconds. He was like, what, we have something? We don't have something? Oh, we guess we do. Let me kick it over to Matt Reeves. I, I mean, uh, but, I think, but when you think about here, like what, what he said and then what Matt Reeves saying that only 25 to 30 percent of the movie has been shot and they came out with that trailer. That's better than 97.5 percent of all trailers released. That's saying something. So you, so I will take it based on that sentence alone that you enjoyed this. Oh my God. I, this trailer, I mean, I, I already, you know, I was a believer from Pattinson way back. You know, I, I he's a truly a gifted actor. People have really got to get off that twilight. That shit. My man's been looking at the movies he did after that until now. And I think you will completely change your tune about Pattinson and, and, and that trailer alone. I, I used to see memes almost every day about, you know, uh, a glowing Batman, like making fun of Twilight. And what the best part is, I I only saw one person say something something bad about um, Pattinson as Batman. That was it. Everyone else had been silent. And, I, and I've been waiting for people to, to say it. Like, I know the people that said it on, on IG that were saying, oh, and then after that trailer, nothing ate their words. I I think we when he was announced as Batman, I think that's what we titled the episode and we gave our overall impressions. We were both positive about the announcement. We both were looking forward to it and and we're willing to give him a shot and I think that this trailer proved that again only 25% of the movie is shot. Are you ready for the words I'm about to say? I hope 10 out of 10 most effective movie trailer I've seen in the last decade. Yeah, and I'm trying to think any other trailer to get that got me as hype as that one. Because I, 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 if I had to give you a number, how many times I saw that trailer, I'm probably at least like fifty. It's Sam. It was so perfect. It was. Uh, I've never the, been the, so excited. The, the tone. Yeah. The music. Everything. 
I've never been so excited to see a Batman film in my life, and that includes Dark Knight Rises, which you might say, well, that's not the Dark Knight. Yeah, but the Dark Knight propelled that trilogy and made the Dark Knight Rises as hyped up as it was. I didn't know what I was getting myself into for the Dark Knight, so I wasn't as hyped. So, like, when you think about it that way, I'm so... I think this might be the most excited I've ever been for anything Batman ever because I didn't even play Arkham Asylum until it was already out for like six months. So I wasn't even looking forward to it. So like this was so effective. Pattinson looks, sounds, feels just, just is. When he said, I'm vengeance. vengeance, Like, you know, again, everyone's thinking he's good. That's the perfect line to say on Batman. And he says, I'm vengeance. Oh, my God. To me, that line was, I'm vengeance for all the people that couldn't think I could do it or whatever. I think you're absolutely right. I love that they didn't take the low-hanging fruit there um, and just go with, I'm Batman. It was just the the perfect way to go about it. Um, Colin Farrell looked amazing as the Penguin. Um, Unrecognizable. Unrecognizable. You know, Paul Dano as the Riddler. That seems to be a super dark piece of the storyline. That's uh, that's going to be my favorite, personally, I believe. Part of this film will be the Paul Dano Riddler kind of Batman thing they got going on. Um, you know, yeah, I, so I, I believe, can rid, rid fucking Jim Carrey version out of my brain. I believe this is year two, where year yep, one will be Gotham it. PD. Um, so... You know, this to me is is everything I've wanted out of a Batman film that finally I can say to myself, because Batman, not on my top five superheroes and any I think this is the thing to finally propel Batman into the rightful place that he belongs in my like Mount Rushmore of superheroes. And I I am bro, I, I just can't wait. This was so perfect for me. I thought it was so effective. I, I like you have seen it over 30 times. I just I couldn't get enough of it. And then, like, in there, like, you know, he opens up the one card, you know, it's an owl. People are already like, oh, my God, is, is it the Court of Owls? Are they are, are they already touching on that? So if, if he brings that to the table, like, number one, that's great. The Batmobile, I thought, looked great when it, when he said, when he beats the shit out of that dude and says on Bendis and you go right into the Batmobile, then you got him basically getting shot point blank range to the chest, him flying up to the ceiling, which to me was like a almost like a nod to Batman Begins. Which, or uh, yeah, Batman Begins. Which to me, that that ending of Batman Begins. Like you, you're talking about hype, like hype wise in movies. When he said that calling card, that he'll look into it. That was one of the most hype endings to lead into a sequel for me that I've ever seen. Uh, the movie right now is scheduled for an October first, two thousand twenty-one release date. Before we move on to the last thing, just uh, we know you loved it. We know I loved it. You know, you, we know you're hyped. We know I'm hyped. But talk about what this movie could do for like Batman films as a whole. Again, it's, it's, he's basing it off of the long, well, rumor that's the long Halloween was so far. What I'm seeing is everything's true. And that's one of the best Batman stories ever written. Um, I think it was Tim, Tim sale. Um, the, like it's this dark gritty tone. Like I kind of got like the crow rot vibes a little bit. Okay. Um, I, I, it just, I, I love that we're getting a different take. Like I, Bale to me is my favorite Batman. I, I really do love them trilogies. Like I, that trilogy, I, I think that that's fantastic. And Pattinson's going to bring something different to the role. You know, more a detective. Even though I still consider, at a you know detective Christian Bale, I think was the most detective we got so far. I feel like, um, I, again, this is for maybe a little younger audience because Robert Pattinson's a younger guy. You know, Bale was a little older when he was Batman, and you know, 
Keaton and, and, and all them other guys. I, I just feel like this is going to bring in a whole new audience to Batman. And, you know, is it going to be PG-13? Is it going to be R? Like, you know, it it's, looks pretty it damn lean, violent. It leans to me towards an R. And I think that the Joker being the success that it was as an R opened the door for more properties to, and like even Deadpool, just it opened the door for an R-rated uh, superhero movie to be profitable, to be, you know, renowned, to be fucking Emmy nominated. Yep. It's just, it's there. It's there for the taking if this movie wants it. And, you know, after the first quarter has been shot, can you just imagine what the hell the other 75% is going to no, look and, like? And exactly. Like, that's why I watched it so many times. Like, this is, he only shot 25, 30%, and that's what he showed us. It looks like it's already a completed film. Yeah, it did. It really, really Dude, did. Just the tone. Like, I, I didn't even, I like, fandom, I think I slept an hour. I don't know. I was thinking, how am I supposed to go to bed after this? <laughs> I, I was just firing on all cylinders. I was like, Matt Reeves, like, uh, thank God you're, you're the man for this job. Thank you that you're you're signed for free, right? And and they get back to shooting. I believe they said this month. So. This month in London, yes. That's uh, what I like to hear. Uh, now you know what it's like for me the week of E3. Just there's just nothing more I want in the world than to just stay up for a week without sleeping and just dissect every little yeah. thing. And it's just so hype. But we get to the last thing we're going to be talking about for the fandom this time around until the twelfth. Uh, we got it. Oh boy, did we get it. Now, I have much less of an opinion on this than you just because I don't know, you know, what was new. I don't know the film like you do, and I just don't know the characters and stuff like that like you do. So I'm going to really this is going to be your segment on this. We got our teaser trailer for the Snyder Cut. You know, again, long time coming. Obviously, thank God for the, the Snyder Cut people fans that have been pushing this on Twitter and, and, and basically got everyone's attention to get this even made. So without them guys, none of this is possible. Yeah. But for, for him to start off, bang, you see Dark Side right in the beginning. I, I thought he looked awesome. People are like, he looks like bulky. Like, do you know it? Go look at Jack Kirby's drawings of Dark Side. You know, that that he made in the what, 70, 71 when he first was appeared in comics. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, that that should, should shut anyone up right there. But again, already, this movie tone looks completely different. There's no Shots red, there's no red different. sky. No, like to me, that's you, to me, you went already there. And all the stupid little weed and jokes of or or the um the one where um um but Batman with parademons, like we'd have made him look like a joke in Snyder's version, he's blocking it with his freaking arm. Um, you got like a moment like that. Uh the, the end just the ending line of of batman like i felt like whedon's version of batman he didn't know how to do he he just didn't know how he made him the the best shot that whedon did was the opening scene of him in the parody that's the best he ever got as batman i think everything else after that he missed and i just feel like zach gets him and when he kind of said like well he this guy's been fighting everyone but but destroys everyone on the earth. well he never fought us and not as like a team. And I was like, wow, what would like, cause I felt like everything else in the trailer was kind of more focused towards like, here's Barry Allen. Here's the flash cyborg has some important scenes over here. So I feel like Batman wasn't touched too much in that trailer, except that ending line. And I was like, wow. Okay. I, I, I can't wait to see this. We now know that it's going to be a four, one hour long, like mini series on HBO yep. max. And then after that will be released as a big thing, uh, which is just insane. 
It'll be even more than the $30 million to produce it. Um, and there will be no reshoots that Snyder has confirmed that there'll be no reshoots with the original cast. They're only using previously shot footage. So there is so much that we haven't seen because they're turning this movie into a four hour epic. Yeah. So I, like, again, it, it, it's going to be a different movie. And he said he's not using one frame that we didn't shot. So everything you're getting is from Zach. Yes. I will watch it every week. I'll watch every hour. I'll buy it on Blu-ray. I'll, you know, probably burn the other copy because there's no 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 point of having that now but i i just i, I can't wait to see what with zach vision was and how much hate he got on it and and and, and knowing like all the hate he got it's like well that wasn't really his film that we saw so we're we're hating all we should be hating Whedon cut not the zach snyder what has been so you're much more in tune with like the I, the DCIG family, the Fiend Club, and all that than I am. What's been the the overall reaction to this film and this trailer with with the uh, the IG fam? I mean, I, I would say I've basically heard the same thing that the whole movie it, it looks like a completely different movie than what we got. The tone, obviously, the red skies are gone, and and, and just that hopefully we're going to get the characters that that Zach knows so well that we don't have we didn't trying to marvel it up and, and do corny jokes and especially the flash falling on wonder woman like that was all we did so i'm happy to get away from that and, and to go back to his vision and and try to come up with something that either because you know he's playing for three movies so to, to try to get this one movie and try to close it, or it, it does become so big and it opens up and you can get a sequel. I don't know what the possibilities are. So is he just going to try to close everything down in, in four hours, or is he going to leave it open? Did, did they get, did they tell him if this does well, there is a possibility? You know, like I, I, you know, we don't know what goes on behind the scenes, but I, I just have, I have complete faith. That it's something that, you know, you know me, I've been pretty vocal saying, you know, I've been the for years and, and I, I truly believe this man needs this. I don't think it's a good closing for him and his wife, knowing the tragedy they had. And, and it's just, I guess, the, the hate that people had to, towards this movie and, 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 and just to get it to go on his terms, I, I think it's well-deserved. It was very cool to see him on camera kind of talking about it, gushing over its big smile on his face. Like, you could tell that this man needed this. Yeah, again, like, I mean, I, I never want to know the, the pain of losing you know, a child, uh, I, I never want to know what that feels like. And, and, and you know, to have that and then to be taken away of something you've worked on for years and years, and the movie comes out and it gets shit on and people are like kind of blaming you for it like that. That just that's got to be a horrible feeling. What I will say is I'm very happy that we don't have to I don't have to ask you the question of which was better, the Batman or the Snyder Cut trailer or panel or whatever, because that question is about to be answered on its own. As you give your top three most exciting things from the DC fandom part one. My number three is the Zack Snyder cut. I, you know, again, this is something that I, I we knew was coming. I, my hype already was on it high. So I was, I was already right there. And I felt like he, they reached my, where I, or the pinnacle where I wanted them to reach. And I, I'm there day one. Can't, cannot wait. My number two was that Black Adam panel. That, wow. No, I, I was not expecting anything from that. I was like, all right, the Rock's going to talk. He's going to hype it up. But when he said Dr. Fate and Hawkman, like Dr. Fate is one of my favorite DC characters. So once he said that, he had my complete attention. You have all my money. 
And and this movie basically just rose to like near the top of my list that I have to see immediately. Cannot wait for Black Adam. That's shocker. Number one, come on. Matt Matt Reeves Batman trailer blew everyone away. Shut up all the freaking haters. You know, I want I want to see now, I want to see someone do a video of, you know, top twenty trailers ever. And I want you to compare that, like how does this movie that was only shot 25 to 30% stands up to the best trailers like that were ever made. Right. And I guarantee you that, that it would be in like the top five. That's awesome. That's really awesome. Um, I was, I was not, exp- I was, that was it tough to keep Gotham Knights off your list. It, it was my number four. Yeah, I figure, I figure, but that's yeah. gotta be tough to, to keep off the list. I am Dude, so I, shocked. I wanted, I, I wanted, that's why I mentioned the Batman animated, animated series shorts. Like, damn, I really laughed and had a good time with them. Like yeah. I doubt that, that's probably my number five. Yeah. Um, I, I get your, um, I get where you're coming from in putting the, the panel, the Black Adam panel, over the Snyder Cut because we knew the Snyder Cut was coming. We knew it, it was going to exactly. be exactly, yeah. and nothing was leaked. I didn't know about Doctor Fate, so when he said that, dude, I almost shit myself. Yeah, uh, my number three was the the Suicide Squad movie, the cast. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought that was great to see everybody, you know, in costume and get the little bit of behind the scenes footage that we got and have them all on camera at once, just talking and that you know, building that camaraderie that they're going to have on the screen that we get to bring into our living rooms or the theater or whatever. I'm just, I am more excited for this movie than I am for the Snyder cut. And that's no disrespect to the Snyder cut um, at all. But this movie just, it spoke to me and I'm much more excited for this game or the movie than I am the game. I will tell you that much right now. Um, My number two was Gotham Knights. I, I cannot wait to play this game. I am so excited for something new WB Montreal. While, you know, of the four Batman Arkham games, they arguably made, the I won't say the worst, but the you know the least popular. I guess you could kind of argue Arkham Knight, but you know Arkham Origins tends to be the one that people forget about. Um, this is a completely different take on the Batman universe that is going to be a first for me, and I'm very much looking forward to diving into. And number one, how can it not be the Batman? I mean, that was just it was the perfect trailer at the perfect time for the perfect you know for the film that needed it desperately. It just yeah, and, and, and that's how and that's how you close out the DC fandom with that. Yeah, for sure. I just thought it was a great event. I'm happy it happened. I'm happy we caught it live. I'm happy we're able to talk about it finally. And uh, I'm very much looking forward to part two when we get a lot of DC Universe slash HBO Max stuff. Star Girl, Titans, all that good stuff. Well, Titans went so Star Girl. Um, oh, and, and also Patrol. you can mention you right, right there. There you go. Thank you for reminding me. They confirmed for the Titans that we will get Red Hood. There you go. Forgot so, about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so lots of good stuff happened at the Fandom, and if you didn't catch it, hopefully you can find some way to do so. If not, the trailers for the for the big stuff, it's everywhere. So go yeah, ahead. Yeah, yeah, it's on YouTube. And check that out as as we keep the train rolling into the movie section. We have three reviews, three movie reviews. When's the last time we had one movie review? Given I, I COVID. can't even remember. Now we have three. We're going to start it off with the film that I've been saying for years will never make it to theaters. Well, it did. And of course, that's The New Mutants. Here's what IGN had to say about it. The New Mutants didn't deserve to be locked away for years. It's not some unwatchable mess, but rather a perfectly fine, entertaining, if at times formulaic, small-scale genre movie. The solid young cast makes their troubled protagonist appealing and identifiable. And more distinctly drawn than some of the supporting characters in past X-Men movies have been. While the first half is fairly by the numbers, 
things get weirder and more entertaining in the second half. The New Mutants had already earned its place as a curious footnote in Fox's now-defunct X-Men franchise, but it's a stronger, better movie than such diminished diminished expectations from its long-delayed release would suggest. 7 out of 10. That is correct. Yeah, I, I, heard, I heard someone say they thought it was okay, and another person said it was just as bad as Dark Phoenix. So I was like, okay. So they're saying it's horrible. Some say it's okay. I imagine it's going to be somewhere right around the middle. I would imagine the folks that went into it scorned, hated it. And the folks that went into it with an open mind thought it was just okay. And then I think you have the the crowd of people that probably loved it because they were just happy to be back in a movie theater. No, yeah, and that's a good point. Just, just happy to get a superhero movie. Yeah. Let's move into Christopher Nolan's new film. And no, not a Dark Knight movie. We're talking about Tenant. Tenant is not Christopher Nolan's masterpiece, but it is another thrilling entry into his canon. In a world where blockbuster cinema is dominated by franchises and sequels, it serves as an accomplished demonstration of the pleasures of unconnected and non-serialized original storytelling. But while it does tread new ground, Tenant is the safest film Christopher Nolan has made in some years. Following two recent ambitious movies from the filmmaker, Tenant feels a little conservative as if Nolan's style is a franchise rather than a framework. Despite this, it remains more interesting than most uh, other tentpole movies and acts as a beacon for the other director's strengths. In a time when cinema is struggling through arguably its most difficult time in history, Tenet works as a fantastic reminder of what blockbuster filmmaking can aspire to be and why it's best experienced in a huge dark room. 8 out of 10. That is also... Correct. Oh shit! Look at me, two for two. You and are. again, I I heard good things. I heard that it you know could have been a little confusing at times, but overall, that uh, David Washington and Robert Pattinson played 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 great parts. Yeah, I also just heard kind of. I've heard some people say it's the greatest movie ever. I've heard some people just say it was good, and then I've heard some people say it was super fucking confusing, and they don't want to go back to it. So again, okay. all over the map. Uh, our last review: Bill and Ted face the music. I did not get a chance to see it yet. I was hoping you did, but that is okay. We'll just go with what IGN says. We'll keep it spoiler-free for you because I know it's on your list. And uh, and hopefully it's a good film here, per the verdict at least. Bill and Ted Face the Music is a pleasant escape for the quarantine-stricken. A sweet and entertaining romp that defies expectations by largely recapturing what worked about the series so many years later. Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter rekindle their past chemistry almost instantly even if their successors weren't always quite as well served uh, well served by uh, the draft material. Still, the whole ensemble cast is entertaining, and the movie itself proves a good-natured distraction from our own grim time. 8 out of 10. 7 out of 10. Okay. I mean, I, I only know one person that saw it and said that he absolutely loved it. So uh, that's the only feedback I got from that film. And that person was you. No, I'm kidding. No, I, I wish it was. I haven't had, I've been this week's been crazy. Uh, no, I, I don't. I don't doubt that, my friend. Uh, let's move on to some stories in the movie world. A new Nutty Professor reboot is in the works. That's where we start. We start with a Nutty Professor. What are we doing here? I should have just deleted it. I, I, I just came like I, way too soon. Uh, 
Uh, come on, we we got like three or four of them from Eddie Murphy. Like we should be good for like, at least like another ten years. Come on, I actually agree with that. Together. I agree with that too. Now you mentioned that the Batman film from Matt Reeves looks to be around the the long Halloween kind of story arc, but it looks like we're getting a Batman the Long Halloween movie confirmed for a 2021 release. Looks like one of those animated films. Yeah, if I wasn't mistaken, was it a two part movie? I I honestly don't remember. Yeah, I, I think I think it was going to be broken up into two movies. Um, this is one of the best Batman stories ever. If you if you like comics or, or you, you want to pick, pick, jump on a story, read The Long Halloween. Absolutely phenomenal. You get a lot of Batman rogues gallery in there. And again, this is a day one Blu-ray buy for me. That's Can't awesome. Wait. Shazam! Fury of the Gods is the official title for the sequel. That came out during the fandom. Yeah, and that was literally the only thing that probably came out of that panel. Or I think that they said that, uh, wait, who, or, or um, what's his name? Sinbad's going to be in the movie. Oh, wow. Pop- Good for him. Sin- Sinbad popped on live for a little bit. That that was like one, that was one of my least things that they showed during DC fandom. I'd rather watch Jim Lee critique the other artist. I was just like, okay, you know, you really, they really didn't have nothing. They just, they literally just gave us the title of the movie. That's all the news we got. So, hey, great. We got a, the name of the sequel. Does it, does it lead to anything that you're aware of? Do you know anything around Fury of the Gods or is that just a clever title? No, I think that's just kind of just like a, a regular name they pulled out of. The only thing I'm more concerned is at the end is is Black Adam going to show up, For sure. even if it's only even if it's only the teaser. The Kingsman has been delayed five months until February 2021. I mean, I, I can't blame them. Hopefully, February will be a good month. Movie industry, we, we don't know. I, I checked the uh, the box office for New Mutants. I think so far they only made like ten or eleven million at the movie theater. So it's not great. And I think that were like a $90 million budget plus God knows how much they put on for marketing. But Hey, I mean, I'll, I'll see the Kings, man. The second one, I just thought was okay. It did not capture the magic. The first one, that first one was absolute magic. You couldn't have said that any better. A new paranormal activity movie is scheduled for March 4th, 2022. So a ways away a year and a half, uh, but we're going to dive back into that franchise for some reason. Yeah, I was just saying, didn't they make like five of them? They're already... I think like f- I think four. I know I saw the first three. They made, I mean, they've made five or six, but I think like numerically, there's only like four, yeah. and then they made... So like I mean, they're, they're catching up to Saul's numbers. Oh, God. Oh, by the way, it's not in our rundown, but Jack Quaid from The Boys was cast in the Scream reboot. Yep, I, I did see that. I, I, th- I think he's great in The Boys, and he. I, I like his Twitter. He's like, yes, new project. Not a lot of blood in this one. Ah, shit. (laughs) (laughs) So it was cool. That's cool. Let's move on to TV where we actually have some really big stuff brewing in the television section. I'm sure we'll talk here for a few minutes about a bunch of it. Uh, We're going to start with the season premiere of The Boys Season 2. So this is Season 2, Episode 1's review from IGN. The Boys' second season kicks off with even more irreverent (laughs) drama than the first. Show run the showrunners have found a way to keep the momentum going from season one while also further developing the characters in new and interesting ways. Newcomers Aya Cash and Giancarlo Esposito helped to fill out, which he was in season one, but I, I digress, helped to fill out an already impressive lineup of actors with strong performances. And if you love the over-the-top action sequences from season one, then rest assured that you're going to get even more bonkers spectacle this time around. While we still have five more episodes to go, so they actually did the first three episodes uh, see, before season two wraps up. The boys is off to another strong start. No, I know that is correct. 
can't freaking wait. I mean, we're only going to get the first three episodes on Friday. That's okay. I'll make sure I get the shit out of that. But I know what I'm doing Friday night. You know what I mean? Like, I am 100% watching the first three episodes of The Boys with my wife on the 85-inch in the basement. Let's oh, go. Oh, baby, baby, baby. This is why you buy the thing. This is why you buy the TV. For days like this, when Tony Hawk's Pro Skater and The Boys drop on the same friggin' day. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a, I guess it's a good day to be quarantined. Then, huh? <laughs> the Mandalorian Season 2 got a premiere date. The first episode's dropping on Disney Plus October 30th. So, so and this will just be one episode. That's October correct. They're 30th. just going to do the, okay. the one a week until the season's over. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I can't wait. I mean, I've been paying for Disney Plus since the first season. The only thing I saw since that was Togo and a few episodes of Gargoyles. So, I'm basically just paying so far to see Mandalorian. So, one month. Let's go. Uh, it's, it's it's more like two months. It's only it's only September second. You still have all of September and then all of October. But in, in but in my head to make me feel better, it's just next <laughs> month. So I'm, like, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> I'm gonna just wait. What's gonna What's gonna come first, the Mandalorian or a fucking Nintendo Direct? Let's Let's just play that game because I'm getting frustrated. Yeah, uh, September chances. September fourth marks one year in between directs for the first time ever. I am wow. beyond devastated. Um, there were even more rumors that the bullshit was going to happen this week and it hasn't. So I'm just going to just, nothing's happening until it happens. That's where I'm, that's where I'm at. Uh, I can't wait for this. There was a little drama that got stirred up from rotten tomatoes that said, you know, the season's in trouble. Now I don't necessarily believe the story because it's, it's just two months away. However, however, we didn't get a trailer and we just got a poster, which kind of lends a little bit of credit or credence to that story. Up, up for the Mandalorian, you're saying? Yeah. And if that's the case, you know, they could be shooting now or, or you know, they still have, you know, a lot of time before maybe they, they need to do some reshoots for episode seven or eight. So, like, this episode, it's still out a little bit. So, it gives them time to, that they can edit and stuff. So, I mean, I'd like to think, you know, I have complete faith in, uh, in Filoni and, uh, John Favreau. And again, like, this show, the first season, was, is my favorite Star Wars content that, that was ever made. I absolutely love the first season. I just hope they, they can bring it again for season two. Yeah, for sure. I I loved it. I loved it so much, and I'm very, very excited for season two. I'm telling you, though, I watched such good TV this, this year during quarantine. The Mandalorian is going to have to blow my socks off to make my top three because I'm very set in my top three, and that doesn't even have the boys in it yet. So... For just what an excellent year for television and in the streaming department, especially that uh, the Mandalorian is going to have it's going to have a lot to live up to just to be as good as season one was, um, albeit in only eight 30 minute episodes. So, you know, we got to really squeeze the uh, squeeze the lemon for what we can get out of it, because yeah. it's not a lot of television. It's only four hours of television that you're going to watch over eight weeks. Like that's a lot to it's a lot to live up to. Especially after how good the first season was. I mean, they and, and they could throw a long episode at me. I won't get mad if it's forty-five minutes. <laughs> I wouldn't either, my friend. Netflix has confirmed a live-action Resident Evil series is in development. This will tell a brand new story about uh, Albert Wesker's fourteen-year-old uh, sisters. Uh, I'm sorry, fourteen-year-old daughters, uh, twin sisters, Jade and Billy Wesker. I cannot wait. This was long rumored to come just like the Zelda series was five years ago, but now we're getting it a friggin' resident evil TV series. 
and I th- I think this is a better home for, for the actual series rather than have movies. Like, yeah, don't get me wrong. Neil Jordan, you probably made five or six of them. You know, they weren't the greatest, but it had its moments for sure. The first uh, one was, the first one's kind of a cult classic. Yeah, that's what I like. I think the first one and the, the second one was half decent. Then I think it got a little, little wacky. But uh, Netflix, they obviously have all the money. You, I, I, I'm this is a, a day one watch. I just hopefully again it'll be hopefully recast. Everyone knew. I, I don't imagine they would bring back Mila. I think she's probably done well, that, with it. I'm pretty that, sure she that character. It. I think is out. I think that the, this is a brand new story. Remember. So, okay, great. so there won't be any kind of tie into the films at all. Netflix actually released a plot synopsis. So we have it here uh, in the first timeline, 14 year old sisters, Jade and Billy Wesker, which are Albert Wesker's uh, daughters are moved, oh, yeah. are moved to new raccoon city, new raccoon city in a manufactured corporate town, forced them uh, forced on them right as the adolescence is in full swing. But the more time they spend there, the more they come to realize that the town is more than it seems. And their father may be concealing dark secrets, which play the games and you'll figure that out. Oh, yeah. Secrets could destroy the world. Cut into the second timeline. So it's going to take place over two different timelines. Well over a decade into the future, there are less than 15 million people left on Earth and more than 6 billion monsters, people and animals that have been affected by the T-virus. Jade, now 30, struggles to survive in this new world. Doesn't say anything about her sister, which is maybe a fucking spoiler that I didn't want. Uh, Struggles to survive in this new world while secrets from her past about her sister. Okay, good. About her sister, her father, and herself continue to haunt her. You have have my attention. Hopefully it's Netflix and they release everything so I can binge the shit out of this show. You had me at in. I'm fucking in. Yep. Sold. A Powerpuff Girls live action series is in the works at the CW. I, I mean, th- this came out of completely left field. I was like, oh, okay, CW. You're, you're really just going to keep doing all like, the superhero stuff now, bringing in the Powerpuff Girls. They already know that the guys are there for all the other shows, so bring in the women for Powerpuff Girls. Okay, smart move. Smart move. I wonder if this will be more for the the younger audience or if this will be like the teenagers or maybe even like maybe a mature spin on the power. I I, I could see like a young adult type of deal. I'm, I'm actually like kind of excited for it, dude. I mean, Hey, I I watched the show as a kid. I'm not going to front, but I mean, Hey, I'll, I'll at least see what they see what they have. You know, I want to see what it looks like. Mojo Jojo. Like let's go, go Mojo Jojo, baby. (laughs) Let's go, go baby. I'm excited. And (laughs) him and his frigging brain. I'll give it like a shot. I'll I'll watch the first episode, but we'll, we'll kind of go. Yeah. No, let me, I'll enter. I'll entertain a a trailer. Yeah. Yeah. Cobra Kai season one and two are available right now on Netflix. Matter of fact, they hit the top spot on Netflix. Yeah. They, they actually beat Lucifer got bumped down to number two. So Lucifer was holding down that one spot for a while, and then Cobra Kai came and just kicked it down a little peg. Well, I didn't start the, the the show yet, but I, I already know it's going to be good. I, I liked I like the actors. Like my, my boy Brent Hurst is in it. Like I'm good. I know I'm going to like it. I finished it, so yeah, and and you probably loved it. I I, I Sam, it's fucking amazing. Like I can't wait yeah. for season three. I cannot wait for season three, man. I didn't think that they would go where they went in season one as quick as they did, but I'm glad they did. The way they ended the season, I was a little disappointed that there is a person in the end of season one that sticks around a little longer than I would have liked in season two. And, and that's where I'll leave it. But I 
Um, I didn't love that part, but I loved every single solitary thing else. It's dude, it's kind of mature rated. It's got bad language, like pretty much constantly. It's got, you know, the violence it's got, it's got, I wouldn't say like blood, but it's got like, it's, it's definitely like got its adult themes and I'm, I'm here for it, man. It was really, really good. Both seasons, one being superior, but that's because, you know, they're just starting to tell that story again. And that's just all the nostalgia. But, um, you know, I, I love that even, you know, without getting into how even Mr. Miyagi's presence is kind of looming a little bit. So it, it definitely has its hooks. I'm kind of bummed I'm done already because I want I want more. Uh, it was really, really, really good. And I'm excited to hear what you have to say about it, because I, I love your opinion on it. And and again, it's another show that, that I, I kind of keep stolen to watch. But I'll, I'll, I'll get to now. That, like you said, it's on Netflix. It's on to watch it. So, but it's soon, a half hour. I, I imagine once I get it and finish it, I, I imagine it'll be a pick of the week. It's a half hour, so it's not a huge time, you know, time yeah. thing. And it's one of those shows where you it's bingeable as shit. Like I don't want to stop. So I have a feeling you're going to knock it out in like a day or two. Um, so I'm looking forward to that day where you just text me and be like, boom, that's it, just boom. Or or, or or I don't, and I just surprise you for the pick of the week. I'd be disappointed in that. I, I need to know before that. Uh, Netflix has announced the cancellation, with one good thing comes a bad thing. They've announced the cancellation of Altered Carbon. Uh, you weren't a huge season two guy, but you loved season one. Yes, season one, Joel Kim, and that's the best one they made. Season two with Mackie, I just felt like it lost its... I don't know, it lost like the magic that that their, that show had. The anime animated movie was great. I think if they stuck to that route and just made another animated movie, I think they'd, they'd have a, a bigger hit on their hands. But like you said, something good, something bad. Also, something good. It's not here. I, I, I forgot to tell you. Stars. I don't know if you ever watched that show, Power, but Stars greenlit the second spinoff show of that show, starring Tommy. So if you if you're a fan of Power. Tommy show did get greenlit. So get hype power fans. That's great. Uh, NBC universal has officially greenlit a tiger King series. We knew that it was in the works. We knew it was in the works, but now it's, it's coming. It's happening. But again, I fear that it's too late. It's too late. It's too late. Yeah. His time's over. He had his little two months of, of, you know, using the spotlight now. Ah, Hard pass. I still haven't watched. Anything I think I saw like five minutes of the show at Machi's, you know, a few weeks ago. Haven't seen shit since, and I, and I don't think I, I will. That bitch, Say. that bitch, Carol Baskin is going to join the cast of Dancing with the Stars, though. Unbelievable! Another show I don't watch. So me neither. So I'm I'm glad, but you know, there's going to be videos circulating everywhere when she does a dance routine, and it's going to meme up again. Everyone's going to meme it, and it's going to be great content. Like I'm here for it. But I just can't believe we're getting a scripted yeah. series about this. Same. It's just too much. It's too much. Will Smith and the cast of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, the original, obviously with, with a big omission there, will reunite for an HBO Max special. I mean, yeah, with, with that Uncle Phil there, it's going to be tough. Phil, Phil, he passed away. But I'm definitely not about the reboot. But for a little HBO Max special with you know Carlton and, and the gang, I'll, 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 I think I, I deserve it to them to at least watch it. That's what this seems to be is like the HBO Max thing. Like we got the Friends one and, you know, we're getting the Friends one. Now we're going to get a Fresh Prince one. It seems like they're going to take all the nostalgia and just do a shit ton of re, uh, you know, like re. I, I mean, I would do it. I mean, you're you're going to get people that were fans of that show or fan of Friends. It just just if they didn't weren't already 
you know, subscribe to do it just to see show that, Hey, I've watched this show for six, seven, eight plus years. Yeah. You know, so I'll take it over in gaming. A new Nintendo switch model is rumored to be dropping in quarter one next year with quote upgraded interactivity and improved display. So outlets like Bloomberg and IGN and big outlets, plus a filing with the FCC, um, has pretty much made me believe this. Um, Bloomberg wouldn't do it. You know, they wouldn't put their name out there. IGN wouldn't do it if, well, maybe IGN would, but definitely not Bloomberg uh, if there wasn't credence to it. And and I think the upgraded interactivity and improved display, uh, I don't think we're going to go 4K here. I don't think this is going to be a, a docked only for the TV where you can't go handheld. I don't think that it's going to be like the full home thing. What I personally think improved display means, I think we're getting a really nice new screen on the on the actual console itself for when you do play it in handheld. So maybe you get a little bit more graphical fidelity, a little bit more uh, prettiness, if you will, while you're playing it in handheld mode. And I think they will upgrade the the the, uh, the processor. They will upgrade the the, the RAM and, and all that good stuff to make the visuals a little bit better as you do dock it. So I think it'll be a more powerful model. I think the, the original will get dropped down to probably 249. This one would probably debut at three, you know, two ninety nine or maybe even three forty nine. Hopefully not three forty nine, but give yourself the option. You have the Switch Lite at two hundred, the Switch Regular at two fifty, and this beefy Switch at three hundred. I think that's a sweet spot for Nintendo to try and compete with the PS five and Xbox Series X and S. Now they're not trying to one for one compete. That's not X or Nintendo's game. They don't have it in them from a graphical standpoint to do that. They never wanted to. But they do have to stay relevant in order to continue sales during the this new launch of all these next-gen consoles. So what better way to do that than to come out with their own big killer console to kind of keep that train rolling? We now know that Nintendo is Japan's number one most profitable company in the entire country. It beat out, wow. a, it beat out a chemical uh, company to be the number one. They're rolling in cash right now. Animal Crossing and the Switch have pretty much solidified that. And, uh, you know, drop on top of that, Breath of the Wild 2, um, the Mario remasters potentially, and all these things that, that are coming down the pike or reported to come down the pike. And a new Switch just feels right. I can see it launching alongside Breath of the Wild 2 in quarter one next year, but I think COVID might have delayed... Breath of the Wild 2, so I don't know what the killer app will be. Who knows, but I do believe this. I don't. We don't talk about rumors just to talk about rumors. I, I truly do believe that this is coming. Then I'm glad that I delayed in getting a Switch then. I was just waiting for this new model. I, this is your entry point, but the problem no, is you got so many fucking games to play, you're going to be up your ass in uh, in games to buy. I guess I'm going to have to let you borrow a whole bunch of shit. Eh? I mean, be- between that and PS5 games be coming out, and I'll, I'll definitely be, you know, I think 2021 is going to be a big gaming year for me. You're going to be hurting for a squirting for, from the wallet, <laughs> from the wallet perspective. Dude, I'm already hurting just thinking about it. <laughs> Amazon lists a $40 Sonic double pack due for release October 26th. It's sick. It hasn't been announced yet, but this is just another thing I think will hit a Nintendo direct and why we're getting one eventually because number one, number one, Mario's 35th anniversary is September 13th. They're having a conference uh, for investors on September 16th, where they already said they're not going to talk about games like new game announcements. So my thinking is people are going to ask. So they want to get something out before that. And this listing was for a switch 
version. So I think that there's some some fire to this one too. It's going to include Sonic Mania and Team Sonic Racing, two really, really good games. Unfortunately, I own Sonic Mania, so this isn't a buy for me um, because I already own half the collection. I don't own Team Sonic Racing, but it's often on sale for 15 20 bucks. So if I wanted to get it that bad, I'd pick it up. But Sonic Mania is amazing. You love the old Sonic games. This is very much like that. Oh, yeah. So this is right up the it's alley. It's a great for, deal for 40 bucks. This is right up the alley for the new Switch owner. The potential new Switch owner. Hello. Hint taken. Jeff Keeley says the Game Awards will still happen this year, but looks to be virtual. Which is good. Um, there are enough games this year that like, you can have a Game Awards. There still were enough games released this year. I think we're going to get a lot of indie stuff. You know, the uh, the Battletoads, the Streets of Rage 4s. You know, we'll get a little bit more time to shine. By the way, not in the notes. But Colin Moriarty's game, Twin Breaker, the indie, speaking of indie games, is coming to Xbox One and the Switch this month. Oh, wow. That, that's freaking awesome. Previously PS4 exclusive. Guess what? We're on the list to review the Switch version, so I cannot wait. Hey. Uh, so we'll be getting that. Uh, I don't know. And I won't say any day now because I think it's like September 20-something that they'll come out. But, uh, yeah, we're going to review coverage of that game. Thank you, East Asia Soft for hooking us up with the switch version. But uh, if it's anything like the PS4 version, it's right up there in one of my favorite games of the year. But I think we have enough for a, a gaming awards this year. I think there's going to be enough announcements because it will be December. So like even that, even with COVID that's, that's seven months, eight months of cooking and getting used to working from home and things like that, that you're going to have stuff to show. So oh, yeah. Keely will have the announcements like he does every year. I'll watch it like a sucker and get disappointed like I do every year because I don't care about the awards. I care about the reveals, baby. Yeah, you're a glutton for punishment. And last story in gaming, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War will launch November 13th. It will be compatible with next-gen consoles, but here's the kicker. You saw already that NBA 2K21 is going to charge $70, not $60, for their next-gen titles. Some other folks are doing $60, which is good. So it looks like it'll be a mix. A lot of games are doing the, hey, buy it on PS4 or Xbox One X or Xbox One, uh, and you'll get the free upgrade to the next-gen version when it comes out. Not Call of Duty. If you want it on PS5 or Xbox Series X, you're going to have to repurchase it, my friends. Ouch. That's a piece. I wouldn't also be shocked if it's 70, not 60. All you're saying that that'll make that'll start the switch. I think that that'll be another seventy dollar title. So you're gonna have to spend if you want both versions. Like let's say, for some whatever reason, you buy the PS4 version because maybe you don't have money for a PS5 this year and you plan on buying a PS5 and we'll call it like March. Then you at March say, okay, now I want the PS5 version of this game. Well, that's gonna be seventy bucks. That's a hundred and thirty dollars plus tax. You're looking at one forty just to play a fucking Call of Duty game that comes out every year. That's rough, man. Activision, yeah. Activision done blew it with that one. But they know people will, will spend the money. Well, that's why they're doing it, man, because some people are just all for the money. But yep. that's going to do it for the stories. Let's do our final thing here. It's a, it's a pretty long episode. I'm happy to do another 90-minute one, you know, after we just got done doing an hour-long interview. But uh, what's, your, what's your CGC spotlight this week? Yeah. CGC Spotlight. Oh, I actually recently just got this book. I believe it was last week or the week before that. Uh, my buddy 
com over at Collectors Comics. I think it's Collectors underscore Comics on IG. And just go to CollectorsComics.com. They got their own website. Thousands of books to, to look at if you want. But the book I got today, no Batman book. Space Adventures 33 came out in March 1960. So a nice Silver Age book. 5-0, off-white, white pages. It's a Joe Gill story, Bill Molno and Vince Coletta art, and Steve Ditko cover and art. So any book or any cover art I can get more of Steve Ditko, I'm happy to add that to my collection. So this is the origin and first appearance of Captain Adam. Um, and this is, at the time, it was Charlton Comics. So then later... The characters were acquired by DC, but at the time it was still Charlton Comics. Super, super tough book to find. There's actually only 83 total universal blue copies graded in the world and only 37 graded, graded higher than my 5.0. The highest being there's 192, 190, 585s, and 380s. And that's like all like that, the high grades they have. So there's not many to make it. And I'm, I'm surprised usually this book it's another book that you see a lot of cream off-white pages because it's just the book, the page quality back then. But I'm lucky I got the off-white white. I'm just super picky about it. Um, so the story we got is my notebook is is an absolute mess. But this was, was a science fiction anthology comic published by Charlton Comics. The series started under the name Zoo Funnies and was renamed to Nicoya the Jungle Girl at issue 13. And at issue 23, it was renamed again to just Space Adventures. I think they should have just stuck with Space Adventures and realized Zoo Funnies and Nicoya the Jungle Girl just sales weren't there. So they properly renamed it. And it's, it's first uh, Captain Adam. Not a lot of people know the character. If you watch Justice League Unlimited, you got to see him a little bit more. But he's actually one of DC's strongest um, heroes that they have and super underrated. If you want to check him out. Um, hit, hit him on Wikipedia, see his couple stories, or just watch Justice League Unlimited to, to kind of see him in action. But that's my uh, CGC spoiler of the week, Space Adventures 33. Thanks, Sam. Always appreciate you dropping that knowledge, my friend. Always do. Now, before now before we get out of here, a couple things we want to address. Number one, um, we had to skip last week, which normally isn't like a big deal for a pod. That shit happens all the time, but it doesn't happen to us. Like, we are very, very consistent, and when we take a hiatus for four to six weeks or whatever it is, we take a hiatus. But when we record, we don't miss weeks. We don't miss episodes. So, you know, right in the middle of recording last week, um, right around the 16-minute mark of the show, um, something had happened where we needed to stop recording, and for good reason, and, um, you know, just let you know, just letting you know that if we didn't have to, we wouldn't have, and uh, just know that that it was necessary to take the week to kind of regroup, recuperate and yes. figure out you know, our strategy. And we're happy to be back. And we just want to say sorry for missing last week, but we would not have skipped the episode if we didn't feel it right to, to do so. Oh, of course. And you know, we, we, a few people reached out and kind of said like, you know, I need my fix. You know what I mean? Like it, it was cool just to hear people kind of get on us a little bit. Like, Hey, you know, the episode didn't drop. Like Dom always on me like, yo, what's going on? Episode wasn't there Friday. So, you know, so it's always cool to like people notice that it wasn't there. Just know that, you know, we appreciate that very much. Yeah. We got another message from M Cassini saying like, Hey, listen, can't wait to, you know, obviously sucks that it didn't come out, but you know, 
appreciate that you guys are doing it in the first place. So nice to man. Just such great. We just have such a great community. You know, it's a small and growing community, but let me tell you, man, like the reason we do it is for you. And, you know, again, it's only, it's only a week off, but we believe me, we didn't take off. We were recording. And then in the middle of recording something pretty major happened. So yeah, we had to stop. <laughs> we, just had to, we just had to stop and we yeah, just didn't yeah. want to rush through it. We talked about in you know, recording on the weekend or Monday and we just said, you know what? We have this interview coming up. Let's just do a double dip. Sam and I have been recording for th- over three hours now um, straight. So we're definitely, and I have to go edit. So I'm definitely not looking forward to the rest of the night. It's 10 15 at night right now. So I, my daughter woke up at three 30 this morning. So I've been up since three 30. It's, it's just a long day. But we just we love you and appreciate you. And we wanted to end the show with, hey, um, fuck, man. Rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman, man. That's just tragic stuff. Yeah, that, that kind of, you know, again, it, it came out of nowhere. And for him to kind of, you know, he got Black Panther when he was got diagnosed. And all the other movies he did while silently going through this, not really telling anybody. And uh, it's such such a shame. And, and he'll, he'll always be our king, our T'Challa. So, you know, rest in power, Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for hanging out with us for episode 201. Um, check out the bonus episode with Vinnie Caruana from The Movie Life and I Am the Avalanche. We didn't get to talk about it at the top of the show because the top of the show happened before we booked that interview. So, uh, uh, But it is available in your feeds as a bonus episode come Monday. So look for that on Labor Day. If you're taking a drive, check it out. We'd love for you to t- do that. If you love The Movie Life, I Am the Avalanche and, and his solo stuff as much as we do, man, you're going to have a fun time with this. It's a little over an hour. But uh, check that out coming soon. And we'll see you next week for episode 202. Wakanda forever.